edition of the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in the Plata, Maryland, my name is Bill Winnell. Once again, joined by Father Larry Swing. Hey, Bill. And Father Scott Woods. Hello. And Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. Uh, today we're going to discuss the, the uh, sacrament of anointing the sick and maybe touch on the apostolic pardon as well. Uh, what it is, uh, how it works. Father Larry. Sure. Thanks, Bill. So last night I was out with a, a bunch of priests gathered. Father Scott, you were there. And uh, Father Nick Nicholas Morrison showed up, and he was all excited because he had his first anointing. And, uh, you know, we're like, oh, that's great. You know, but he was, like, super excited because it was the first time he ever done it. And I, I can't recall my first anointing, but it is pretty cool the first time you give that sacrament, especially someone who's dying. And then someone said, did you give the apostolic pardon? And, and he said, of course. And then someone, like, said, you know, yeah, that a lot of priests have to remind you of this. So it started into this big discussion about it, anointing of the sick. And I thought today we would just kind of um, uh, discuss the sacrament, uh, what it what it is, when you should ask for it, who's a candidate for the sacrament, and, uh, and also a little bit about the apostolic pardon, which a lot of people don't know about. Uh, and Father Scott, I guess uh, you said you had a pretty cool story about anointing a sick. Yeah, I had a woman who came to me, and she... Uh... <clears throat> had cancer, was uh, looking really bad, had a tumor actually. So, um, and uh, that, not a cancer, sorry, tumor that was really bad and, and uh, causing lots of problems. And she was going to go in for surgery and she said, Can you give me the anointing of the sick? Because um, we're not sure how this is going to turn out. So I gave her the anointing of the sick and she came back the next day and said, Father, it's miraculous. Even the doctor said it was miraculous. I said, What, what happened? She said, She said, uh, He came in, wanted to do one final check. Um, to make sure he got everything right, so he, he put me through the scan, and and then he went, wait a minute, and went through again, <laughs> and uh, came back and said, it's a miracle. He said, I have pictures of it from yesterday. It was big. It's gone. It's completely and totally gone. Huh. Like there was a total cure. Complete and total cure. Wow. That's awesome. Father Jack, you have a great story. I'm not right telling the story now. Cool. Are you kidding me? Did you hear that? <laughs> Yours is good. It, okay. <laughs> tell your story then. <laughs> no, my, my well, right, well, let's uh, Father Jack tell us yeah. where um, you know sacrament. The sick is one of two uh, sacraments of healing. Where in Scripture do we see this? I mean, we see the healing of, of you know because every sacrament is, is instituted by Christ. So we see that Christ does that often, right? He often is um, healing, you know, countless numbers. But he also gives it to the apostles, and and I think it's Mark seven, right? Um, where he he sends them off for this this purpose. It was last weekend. Was it really? Yeah, I think at the end it says, and they anointed many, many that were sick. Yeah. And it's usually the word anointing, which I think uh, we use that as a reference if uh, possibly they were giving the sacrament of anointing the sick. Right. And then and then there's obviously James chapter 5. Are there people sick among you that send for the press for the church and let the priests anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick person? The Lord raised them up and if they commit sin, their sins will be forgiven them. Uh, this is this is the start of the uh, sacrament in, in the hospital. If you've ever, if you didn't know, that's why Father was basically rolling his eyes with his <laughs> voice. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, because say, it's like memorized. I've said it so said. many times. Yeah. yeah, and it comes directly from James chapter five. So, all right, guys, what? Who? All right, first off, um, when is does a person need to call a priest for the anointing of the sick, and when should you not call a priest for the anointing? 
Certainly, if you're having a, a major surgery, you should definitely call the priest for not getting sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, then of course, so this is this is where the the debate comes in, right? Is like what's what's a major surgery, right? So I remember uh, hearing the debate of is it anytime you go under general anesthesia, right? And that is that enough to say major surgery? Well. They did that to me when I was my first year of theology because I broke my collarbone in Rome and they had wow. surgery. Yeah. Um, How'd you do that? So the skirt, softball, man, it was awful. I it was like, you know how you're supposed to round a base where you like put you plant your foot on the base and then you take off like a sprinter. Yeah. Right. So I'm rounding third and I'm an idiot and it had rained earlier in the day and third base wasn't bolted to the ground oh. it was just on there so i did it correctly just not in the situation and i mean there's a video somewhere i don't know that i still have it but there was of like <laughs> me basically like yeah like yeah my, my yeah feet were over my head and i came down right on it and i tried to stay in actually it's really funny this is like story of my pride it's like like i like like you know put my shoulder like tried to like test my shoulder and and the one of the fellow seminarians was a doctor but he was on the other team and he's hearing it. It's like a cement mixer, right? Oh. Because there's like bone chips loose. And then he's like pressing on it. He goes, what the hell was that? And I was like, and oh. I was like, he's lying. He goes, this is just crap. He doesn't want me to play in the game. And like <laughs> tried to go back in. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like, I need to go to the hospital. Oh. <laughs> so Did yeah. you get anointed? So I got anointed. I was, I, I got the, uh, yeah, by, by the head spiritual director at the, at the neck that, um, because they cut you open for that, they right? They cut you open, yeah. And put yeah, you that's a major surgery. See, I mean, that, see, but that's the debate: is was there a risk though for my death? Well, a high risk. Well, it's it's it's. I think the the words that use in the cat is there's a remote if there's a remote possibility of death. I'm, I'm trying to I'm I'm looking at it from I'm looking at the catechism here and it see like what are the exact words? Okay, um, it says here in fifteen fourteen in the case of grave illness dot dot dot, the anointing of the sick is quote is not a sacrament for those only who are at the point of death, which a lot of older folk, that's what they mm-hmm. think. If the priest walks in, like, all right, I'm, I'm about to die. <laughs> it says, hence, as soon as anyone of the faithful begins to be in danger of death from sickness or old age, the fitting time for him to receive the sacrament has already uh, arrived. Um, but then it goes on to say here, if a sick person receives this anointing, recovers health, he can... In the case of another grave, you know, let's receive the sacrament again. Uh, but then where's the thing about... It is fitting to receive the anointing of the sick just prior to a serious operation. Where does it say that? Uh, 1515. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is like, that's the debate is that, like, is is a 20-whatever-five, six-year-old going in for general anesthesia for for putting a plate in? Right. Is that, is that a serious operation? Some would say yes, some would say no. I think there's... There's a lot of like very particular language that we still sometimes I think debate about what exactly it means. So right. I mean it's just hard. I mean I I am of the mindset that it's it's worthwhile um, to just do it to do it. But yeah, in and doubt. But I, it out. I'm always about. I like that. That's, you like that? That's surprisingly <laughs> wise. Um, but uh, usually usually it's uh, first time I've ever heard you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. I'm shocked too. I'm pretty tired though. Um, <laughs> I was, I was like the, you know, you're as, you're as conservative as you can, you're conservative as you must be with doctrine and as liberal as you can be with the sacraments. Right. Right. And so, and Pope um, Benedict said something along those lines. Similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I so, think, I think you give it as, as freely as you can, but I know there are priests who would strongly disagree with me. All right. Have you ever, have you ever, di- uh, told someone they could not get it cause it's a ridiculous request. 
where someone's like, I've denied it to an animal before. What? People ask. People ah, ask. People. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, folks, you have to be a human and you have to be Catholic, by the way, and baptized to get the anointed sex. I think news that, for some people out there. I think somebody. The, well, the other thing actually that's <laughs> important to remember is that. I'm glad you didn't dish it out. To the dog, Father yeah, well, Jack. I know, I know. I have some just standards. Just a great priest. Um, <laughs> I no, I think one time I, I I did have somebody like 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 the like the next day that after somebody had died, they asked me if I would do. Oh, I need that one was that's, that's common. Yeah. I don't, no, that's the other thing. I mean, I'm sure we've all got these phone calls where it's so awkward. Where you know, uh, like the secretary, like Father, we just got this person online. Their mom's died. They want you to give the anointing of the sect. And they're like they're dead serious. They just yeah. think because the idea is like you just throw some oil on the person, and that somehow retroactively it, it helps them. Mm-hmm. But I think the person has to be alive, and I not not cognizant because right. they can be they can be in a coma and they can still receive well, the sacrament. Well, even after they die, if they've just died, you can still give it. Oh, money. here comes the other There's question. The, yeah, the, the thing of uh, uh, because we don't know when the soul leaves. We don't know death. There's not a clear. Uh, even talking, I've talked to medical people. Right. It's not a clear thing of when death hikes. So the traditionally, the, you the ever church see a princess said, bride? The church has said as long as that body's warm, that you that's, that's a possibility. Possibility. So, that, so uh, that's what I, you know. It's but, so but see, you're that's, saying there's a chance. This, All right, what did you? The, <laughs> what did you learn in Rome? <laughs> this, I wanna, is, this is the difference. Is that is that it, the the statement is you cannot give the sacrament of the anointing to a deceased person, someone who has died. But well, how does the church define death? It's not a stopped heart. It's not the lungs not working. It's not even the brain not functioning. Yeah. It is when the soul, soul leaves, leaves the, the body. body. And so because of that, there is this room of well, what's basically as long as we possibly can because we're trying to be as liberal as possible. Right? Right. We're trying to be as generous with uh, uh, generous distributors of God's manifold graces. Uh, so we say, well, the soul still could be there. And we, and we know in hospitals, even today, mm-hmm. they've had people wake up inside morgues on rare occasions, you've seen that who happen. are medically dead, and woke up inside morgues, and that has that's that's been in newspapers before. It's wow. happened before. It still happens throughout the world at times. Very very rare. Or people have been declared dead, and a little bit later, they wake up again. You know. So. Well, I know you don't like to put parameters on this type of question, but like, what would be a reasonable amount of time after decoration? Like, the, there's no heartbeat. Three hours. Three hours. Okay. That's, uh, that was what we taught. That was that was old, what you were That taught? was the old Irish tradition. It was three hours from from when you didn't like there was no exterior sign of life. So heart beating, lungs. Ah, huh. yeah. we, we were told uh, when the body's cold. One time I was called by a family. I, I was a young priest, so I neglected to even uh, do the proper thing of asking. Like, okay, <clears throat> are they still alive? I, I just assume since they're asking for anointing the sick, they must be alive. So I get in, the family surrounded by the body, and I get the oil out, and I start saying the prayers. And only when I put my thumb mm. on the head, and it was like, "Whoa, was that cold?" And then I realized, you had to st- did you just stop? You or? had to you had to stop, and well, you continue to do prayers for the dead because how long was the person dead for? He had died early in the morning. It was more than three hours. It was way more than three hours. No chance. Okay. I've n- I've never heard of the three hour thing. Another of yeah. Wow. 
That's interesting. Well, not everyone gets to study in Rome, guys. I can't believe you just yeah. threw him that softball. With your, like that. with your Jesuit professor. First off, first off, he was an Irish diocesan priest. Second off, it was at a Dominican university because I studied at both. And third off, I have a license to teach theology. What do you have? I'm out. I got an MDiv, okay? I'm out. I got an MDiv. Oh, that's cute. I'm, I'm working on it. Well, his father's a doctor. Yeah. Oh, wait, so is yours. So like, Father, what is the what is the sacri- what is it not? Okay. All right. So uh, the old the old term was extreme unction, uh, which I now I think Vatican II kind of reformed it to its original and uh, what it used to be, and it's 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 the sac it's it's sacrament for those who are seriously ill. Okay, and but it's also preparation for death. So they're both it's both correct. I mean, extreme it is it is a preparation of death. But it's also to, with a possible, uh, under, there's an understanding that um, that Jesus Christ could heal the person, which, Father Scott, in your story, that's what happened. Um, so it is a sac, well, I think it's good. Let's just define it. Let's go to the catechism here and just, uh, <clears throat> it says this. By the sacred anointing of the sick and the prayer of the priests of the whole church commends those who are ill to the suffering and glorified Lord that he may raise them and save them. And indeed, she, that's the church, exhorts them to contribute the good of the people by uniting themselves to the passion and death of Christ. So what it is is a sacrament that gives the person grace to overcome the fear of death, but also it, it gives them a special grace of the Holy Spirit to unite their suffering to the church through the anointing and the laying on of hands. But it, it, it also is, there's a forgiveness of sins that comes from it also. I, and I think we should do is look at the effects. I think it would be good to talk about, like, how does the priest do it? And, uh, you know, Father Jack, you've done, and Father Scott, I'm sure, you, uh, have you ever anointed in the old rite for the anointing of the sick? I haven't. I looked it up one time, and I really would not be excited to do it. It's it's really gross. But yeah. anyway, can you explain how it used to be? Go ahead. I mean, I, I really am not super familiar with it. I looked it up once and because oh, somebody had asked me to do it. And, and it's like, you don't just, like, now you anoint the forehead and the palms of yeah. the person's hand. The old rate was all over the place. All over the it was all yeah. the, the, the ears, the, the nose, the mouth. The feet? The feet. Yeah. Oh. Touching people's feet. There was other. I mean, there's other stuff too. It was powerful. I, I, did, I yeah. had the privilege of doing it for a guy who was. You did uh, do. You've done the all right. Yeah, and it, it was it was a lot longer, and I I felt a lot more powerful in Latin. In Latin, the only thing is that it would have been nice to have been able to do it in English because the words are so beautiful and so powerful, and and so and just you know. But but I think that's perhaps even why they had these these uh, this physicality to it that 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 would have impressed alone because I remember the. The altar boys who were with me for the the summer helpers who were helping me that year were just blown away by the power of that, you know. Right. And, the, and the daughter who who was lapsed from the faith was just really affected by right. the power of seeing all of these anoint all these preparations of the body. Do you remember what you anointed? Now, folks, when one of the things that the priest does is he prays over the person, usually uh, lays the hand over the head, which is called the epiclesis, and calls down the Holy Spirit upon the person, and then using what's called the oil of the infirmed, will anoint. In the new rite, it's just the head and the palms of the hands. If it's a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, for a lay person, for a priest, mm-hmm. it's the top of the hands that they would anoint. Uh, but in the old rite, you had to anoint what? There's many more. It's Do you remember? So long I, all I remember is that it involved the feet. Feet, but, but there were, the hands. I think the, the, ears, I think the ears, the yep. nose, the mouth, yeah. all the senses. Everything. 
just anything like that you touched, you walked, you, your nose, you smelled. It was like a, a, a pure, it was like a, a healing of the senses, right? And prayers with each, with each of these. I mean, it's just for a forgiveness of sins for each of the senses. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. I mean, I, I think there's there's stuff in there that's. I mean, obviously, it's nice to. I mean, when you're in a hospital, it's hard enough just to get the hand sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, usually they're like wrapped up in a sheet, and they're like, and it's you're like, can you please help me to get their hand? And a lot of times they're paralyzed, so it is. It's difficult as it is just with the hands and the head. So I do appreciate the simplification of that. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> it is kind of so. So when it's not really Thomas writing about it, but in the Summa Theologica, Theologica um, in the supplement, which is written not by him but by his kind of followers. He talks about, or they talk about, you know, what what is the one of the effects of the sacrament, and it says, you know, it says not just a bodily cure presupposes, or now just as a bodily cure presupposes a bodily life in the one who is cured, so does a spiritual cure presuppose a spiritual life. Hence, the sacrament is not an antidote to those defects which deprive man of spiritual life, namely original and mortal sin, but is a remedy for such defects as weaken man spiritually. Now, what weakens man spiritually, but what he takes in, right? Because that's how we grow in our spiritual life is through our senses. So it's actually very, you know, poignant that, you know, and there was a reason for, you know, anointing all of the senses was because, well, this is where you were, <laughs> you were weakened. Yourself. Yeah, and now it's where you will be strengthened because um, that's how that's how it, it ought to work. So why why the hands and the uh, forehead? Well, because even the theology of extreme unction to anointing the sick kind of did shift. Uh, in certain ways, you know, this idea of uniting sufferings is um, is much more recent, which is why it makes sense to have it as right. on the palms of the hands. Um, but anyway, yeah, it says here the effects of the celebration kind of goes back to Bill. Your question: What is the sa- what, what does the sacrament do? So uh, it has to be a priest, obviously, to anoint the sick. I say that because once in one mm-hmm. parish, I had a woman who was on her own anointing people, and I'm like, um, okay. Um, with what? Because <laughs> I was blown away. I'm like, who? She was. And I'm not going to go into it, but like, she was mis. mis- I'm just going to point out that I saw a woman bless you at her funeral about a couple months ago. It was kind of funny. Wait, 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 wait. What? A woman blessed her. It wasn't the funeral, but I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> Father Jack's like, does she know she was shooting blanks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice woman, but she's like, can I give you a blessing? I'm like, uh. Okay, <laughs> like and like literally, like did the sign. I don't think you had any clue this was coming. No, it was like, and I bless you. I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, need to get to make my visit to the blessed sacrament. Thank you. Um, so the effects are so the the effects of the celebration, and and I think it ties in with the old rite. Is there's a it says a particular gift of the Holy Spirit where someone is strengthened and there's courage to overcome the difficulties that go with the condition of serious illness or the frailty of old age which ties into your point, Father Jack, is that there's there's sort of a another an understanding. It's not just about preparation of death, but there's also this idea that the sacrament unites the suffering to the cross and therefore gives it a meaning. So it's not wasted suffering, right? right. So, And that's the thing is the, the other effects, which are much more, I mean, let's be honest, are much more fun to talk about, um, are, are meant for our secondary effects. So the things like the healings, right? Those aren't, those aren't for themselves. Um, like, you know, we were not just like going, going around healing people, but it's going around for the sake of increasing the faith of the person who's healed or someone, someone else. Right. So the story that Father Scott tells, um, and we all kind of have probably one or two stories of like, you know, 
faith is kind of increased in that, like, oh, wait, God is real, <laughs> right? And and so that's this is a f- perfect segue to your story, Father. Okay, so so basically, it's actually my my first anointing. I you know had no idea what I was doing. I walk into this person's house, they're in hospice care, which I didn't know what was at the time. And like, so he's in this like hospital bed in the middle of his living room. The family's gathered around of like five people, and and I go through and I'm flipping through the book and. Probably, I, I, it was definitely valid, <laughs> but like that was about it. And you know, as I as I do the anointing, right? As I you know finally you know put the oil on his palm palms and and forehead, he smiles and the family starts crying. And I'm like, are freaks? Like, and I like finish right, and we like pray the Our Father and do the whole thing. And and at the end, I said, is everybody all right? And they were like, uh, uh, you, you know, you're kind of told like you know people cry because it's near death, and and they go, Father, I don't think you get it. The, that's the first time he's moved a muscle in a month. Like, and he, they were just like, he, we have not seen him smile wow. in that long. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, these, these healings kind of like it instilled faith in the people around the people him. around him, even though he did die like a, yeah. probably the next day. And I as think. a lay person, it's one of the, I mean, I know there is this obviously a finality kind of to, especially in, in, if you're, you know, anointing someone who's terminal, not just going in for surgery. There is a, I found that having watched my grandmother here at the, uh, the local nursing home die very, 10, 15 minutes after she was anointed. Wow. And as a, as a lay person, it was, it was incredibly powerful. And I found it actually, it wasn't upsetting to me at all. I, I found it rather soothing. Wow. And, um, did you, did you, were you there when the priest anointed your I grandmother? I did indeed. Yeah. Wow. And she was, you know, she was completely out of it. She too had a reaction, um, when he, you know, anointed her with the sign of the cross and literally within 15 minutes, she died very peacefully. And, and it, it was, like I said, it wasn't so, I know a lot of people think, I guess, because it's, it's like the last thing to happen before this person dies, right. you know? Uh, so there's obviously a sad element. I, I found it really, really soothing. So, wow. Um, another one is the union with the passion of Christ, which is, is similar. It says here that the grace that you receive is that the sacrament the sick person receives the strength and the gift of uniting himself more closely to Christ's passion and is consecrated to bear fruit by uh, configuring to the Savior's redemptive passion. So it's it's similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a similar point. Um, and then it says an ecclesial grace. An ecclesial grace is the words that they use. Um, what does this mean? Now, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, fathers, is that does that mean that the church is like all the prayers like that person suffers united to the whole church or they receive what is that what does that mean well usually i mean it says here by freely uniting himself to the passion death contribute quote to the good of the people of god yeah well i mean every sacrament does doesn't okay yeah so so i mean we know that there's a fruit out of the mass that is not just for the particular intention but it is for the the sake it's actually one of the great spiritual arguments against concelebration is that that fruit every mass has a has a, a good for for the church and it's but it's only one mass it's not right. each celebration unlike the intention in which each priest offers his own right but confession obviously like we ought to desire the holiness not only of ourselves but everyone else so when as one member of the body of Christ is cleansed all the body is cleansed and purified and receives grace so the same with with this sacrament right, right? is that if if one member of the body of Christ uh, is is united more closely with heaven, is configured more closely to Christ crucified, well, then then the whole church benefits from their their being united 
to to Christ, right? Um, the whole body of the whole oh. body of Christ benefits now with that person suffering and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that's pretty cool. The corporate corporate blessing there, and then also and then it says a preparation for the final journey, uh, which is ties in with the extreme unction. If the sacrament anointing is given to all who suffer from ser- illness and infirmity, even more rightly is it given to those at the point of depart parting. And uh, and basically, it's just basically the, it uh, helps a person during those final struggles. And I've heard this that uh, some saints have said that the biggest test is right before you die, mm-hmm. like this whole like barrage of satanic attacks. Like you know, it's all lie. You know, it's it's not true. It, I would probably say maybe attacks against faith maybe mm-hmm. could be the problem. And I I, I would. Um, but I, that final test has been, has been so, but the sacrament would help a person overcome those, that final agony yeah. uh, or attack against their faith. And, and I, <clears throat> before I came here uh, uh, to the parish, um, I had a guy who was just resisting, resisting, resisting for years and years and years. Yeah. And, uh, and by God's grace, uh, it was open. And I just saw that as he received the sacrament, his heart just opened far more to the Lord. You know, he was, he was, it, fear brought him to the door and love pulled him through. Nice. Nice. You know, and, and I, I mean, I know that, you know, having to go into those hospital rooms, especially, especially during COVID, right. Where, where there was no family, right. You oh, know, yeah. and, and so they really are. And, and nurses didn't, I mean, they went in the rooms as they needed to, but you know, they're trained like, no, don't, don't expose yourself for longer than you have to, which was really unfortunate. So a lot of these people were hours in a room alone and it was very, not only was it you know, physically taxing, but I think it also was spiritually, mentally taxing. And, and the final prayer of, of, you know, after the anointing, I, I always, it was, it became very powerful. I think, um, you right. know, when you're like anointing somebody who can kind of talk back to you, it's, it's not quite the same, but when you're, you know, person is incapacitated. Um, yeah. I mean, and purposely so, so that they could breathe, you know? Um, but you know, with this part where, uh, it says, yeah, read the app. Is this the apostolic pardon? No, this is the part before the, the pardon. So this is after ah, the Our Father. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple options, but but the first one just says, Father in heaven, through this holy anointing, grant this person comfort in his suffering. When he is afraid, give him courage. When afflicted, afflicted. give him patience. patience. When dejected, afford him hope. And when alone, assure him of the support of your holy people. Yes, this is Christ our Lord. And I, I don't know, it just kind of, it would hit home often of right. like, that's, that's, a, this is a real thing. This is not, um, a sacrament just for, for you or for me to, you know, get out here. It, it's, it's f- truly for, um, yeah, just the whole, whole body to kind of see together. Right. Um, right. That's a good segue. Just talk about the apostolic part. I think many people, uh, a misunderstand it and B, I, from, from people, from just from my own personal experience and. Uh, talking to people is, you know, that it's not offered by by many priests. I, I you know I don't know who, but I from my experience, like when you ask people, did the priest give the apostolic pardon? Maybe they j- didn't know whether or not he did do it. Well, so many people, I think, but they don't, don't realize know. it's above and beyond. It's beyond. It's yeah. not part of the rite. Right. But it's in the case, in the section on the anointed sick in the book. It's in emergencies. It's if you're if you're doing it's in the rite of emergencies. It's it's there. But if you're if you're not, if you're just doing anointing sick, you have to look it up, but not, it's not automatic. I, and I think too, I've told people like, just ask the priest to make sure, okay, father, can you do the apostolic pardon over mom? You know, and they're like, oh, sure. I mean, hopefully they would. Um, but I think it ties in with one of the effects of 
anointing of sick is the forgiveness of sins also. So if the person was unable to go to confession for some reason, they would have, it would, it would give them a forgiveness and a forgiveness of sins. And the apostolic pardon essentially, which I'm one of my father, Jack read it over, over the, over the podcast. It's really beautiful prayer. Uh, there's two versions, mm -hmm. but essentially what it does is it removes all the temporal punishment due to sin, which means it's a plenary indulgence. Like mm -hmm. it literally makes that soul perfect to meet God. So I'm like, I want that, you know, like, please, you know, give it to me at the last moment. Can you read the apostolic pardon father? So, yeah. So the first, the first option is through the holy mysteries of our redemption, may almighty God release you from all punishments in this life. And in the life to come, may he open to you the gates of paradise and welcome you to everlasting joy. Amen. Yeah. And then the second one, which is the one that I, I use more often. I like that second one. As by the authority which the apostolic see has given me, I grant you a full pardon, remission of all of your sins, in the name of the Trinity. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and then you offer the, the blessing in the midst of that. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. It is. It mm -hmm. is. It is funny. I mean, I I mean, I mean, I have, I am reminded of the, I actually was, because this was something we were told, you know, open the, open the anointing of the sick as often as people ask, you know, so like somebody, but like, this is something that really should, is meant, is called in the, in the mind of the church to be for those who are preparing for death, who are in imminent danger of death. So a person, you know, who is, you know, you know, even if they're like, 40 you know, two years old and getting their hip replaced like they should probably get you know anointing of the sick but they shouldn't get the that's the only time part. that's the only time I just as an example of like a younger person <laughs> who maybe has an extreme surgery for a man of can his i age. witness to that for a moment <laughs> okay i mean i mean I, I but i gotta tell you i in my as a as the recipient of a sacrament mm -hmm. i can truly say that was an amazing experience I mean, I I was a wreck. I mean, Bill, you remember that the day of the surgery? Or the no, I before? remember the six months prior to the surgery. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was driving people crazy. I was in so much pain. I was like, I can't. And Father Bob's like, you better get this done. Do not. My favorite phone call was, hey, what are you doing next week? Can we, would you go, would you and Laura fly out with me to Seattle? And I'm going to see this doctor who, oh, and then I call back 10 minutes later. Oh, never mind. It's not FDA approved yet. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> no, I found this guy. He had this. Is this like special hip replacement for athletes? Special. You know. Anyway, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so I was, but I was. It was actually the day when Cardinal Cardinal Gregory was made bishop, and I missed that mass because I just I couldn't go. I was like, and I, I told Bob, "You go." And so he went, and then, and I was like, "I'm not getting anointed." All the guys are at the mass, and Ray, Father Ray Schmidt called me. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to come anoint." It's like ten o'clock at night, mm -hmm. and so he brought the the the. Uh, you know, relic of St. Rita and he anointed me. And I, I got to tell you, like there was like all that anxiety just went away and I slept like a baby and it was like, it lasted till after the surgery. So, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. There was this incredible piece that came from that, yeah. you know, but so, so, but the, the apostolic part, like I was actually reminded to do it yesterday. He didn't give me the apostolic part of them. <laughs> As he should not have. Right. Because like, it's a, it's an indulgence and, um, you know, which, which I mean, we should, when we get when we regularly receive a, a plenary indulgence, we should be applying it to souls in purgatory. But so, but the apostolic pardon by its nature is meant for the person right. who's receiving it. So, you know, we don't offer it until the person. But I was reminded yesterday because I'm I'm anointing this this young man and he um, he's young and you know he was in the hospital, but I didn't I didn't quite get that his condition was as bad. Like they, I I was not I misunderstood something that that he was going to die. Uh, in the next 24 hours. And so as I finished the anointing, 
uh, I gave a, just a simple blessing, and then I go to walk away, and, and one of the um, one of his brothers says, "Actually, Father, would you mind giving the apostolic pardon?" And I was like, "He's like he's the doctor said it's, it's tonight or tomorrow," and I was like, "Okay, absolutely." And so, yeah, I mean, I, it's not it's not a you know always an ideological thing that like people don't think it works. It's just a matter of um, you know I've been much more freely giving it out, especially since COVID, because sometimes you got to get kicked you get kicked out of there pretty early, and you can kind of. The nice thing is you can give you can give the apostolic blessing through a door. <laughs> you know? right. I mean, so. Gotcha. All right, folks. So a little bit on the anointed sick. I think lessons learned is just, you know, if someone's in serious, serious um, illness or remote. Not uh, a virtual colonoscopy is what yes. you're saying. Yeah, not that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, the person was scared. I probably shouldn't have given it. I just want to give encouragement oh. to everyone, too, just to, you know, I just had some people recently who. <laughs> They rejected the Lord for a long time, and you know, thanks be to God, they had a family member who was just praying and fasting, doing penances. That <clears throat> before the end, that they would allow me to come. Just that they just said, just allow me, to, and I didn't let, know what they'd let me do. And and that person opened their heart, and they had rejected God their whole life. Wow! And so, just never doubt what God can do through the sacraments. Yeah. Just get the priest there, whatever you can. You know, he has to use their free will, but. You know, this person opened up, and I've seen it happen before. It's awesome. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Right, guys? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Father Scott, can we get a final blessing? In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon our listening audience and their family and friends, on us here in our parishes and ministries, that your Holy Spirit may guide us and protect us and lead us to that deeper intimacy that you desire to have with us, and that we may constantly dwell in the mantle of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and continue to be devoted to the spreading of devotion to her and to the building up of your kingdom. And as we pray, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.